This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. All of these are tied together. They're connected. Um, But um, God has given us authority over these things. And one thing we did want to make clear as well is that um, we're not medical professionals. We're not here to tell you if you have if you need to see a doctor or anything like that, please do that. We're giving you tools to approach this from a spiritual victory and a spiritual um, approach. Um, We are not medical professionals by any means. Um, And we don't claim that. We don't want you to take that away from this. What we want you to take away from this is that you are an overcomer because of what Jesus did on the cross. And when you approach life like that, it changes everything. And those are the tools we want to give you um, to be able to overcome um, these things in your life. Amen? I'm a little hoarse, all this yelling this morning. Praise God. Anyway, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, um, that we have the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Thank you, God, that um, we get to come here and worship you and honor you and glorify you. I just pray, Lord, that as Sean and I get ready to speak and to share from our hearts under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that you open up people's hearts to be able to receive what it is you want to minister this morning. I pray, Lord, that wherever we are in our walk with the Lord, that there's something in today's message that people will be able to grab a hold of and see freedom in their lives. I thank you, Father, for this opportunity to be able to stand here and declare who you are and to give people the tools to be able to fight and to stand in the authority of who you've made them to be. So Father, have your way in this service today. Spirit of God, move on the hearts of your people today and use Sean and I as a vessel unto your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, here we go. Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. We're going to start with this. We always like to just, when we're talking about these things and unpacking anxiety, depression, and fear, uh, we want to start out right, start out with what the Word says about this stuff. And as you're turning there, um, you can go back and listen to the podcast. Um, And if you're listening to the podcast right now, uh, please share it, share it, and give us a good review. Um, And somebody say amen. Uh, And so talk good about us out there in the social media world. Uh, But... um, Go ahead back and listen to that. Uh, it was a really good, really good session last Sunday. It was a, just a really strong anointing to, to really uh, expose these things. And so um, here we go. First John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, you are of God, little children. Look at the person next to you and tell them you are of God. You are of God. Look back. Look, find somebody else and tell them I am of God. <laughs> Say it like that. <laughs> Say it real spiritual. I am of God. No, you are of God. You are of God. Isn't that awesome? I mean, we could just stand right there. I'm of God. I come from God. I, I was in Christ before the foundation of the world. I am his creation. I, have, I didn't evolve. I was created. Somebody say amen. I didn't, no human being came from a monkey. You came from the breath of God. Somebody say amen. amen. So you are of God, created in the image of God. That's enough to to deal with any kind of identity issue you're dealing with. You are of God. Amen. You matter to God and you matter to the people in your life. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. It was talking about false prophets and teachers coming into the world. And my wife might touch on that a little bit. But in context, that's what it's talking about. Because he who is in you is greater 
than he who is in the world. When you talk about overcome, that's where you get the word. I'll spell it for you. N-I-K-E, Nike. Okay? I got Pumas on, but, but I, don't, I don't mind rocking some Nikes either. But that's where they got that word. It means, it means basically overcome. It's, it's, it's a Greek word, Nike. It implies a battle. And so just because we fight from victory and we are victorious doesn't mean we don't have to fight through things. Can I get an amen out there? Amen. And so I just want to lay a foundation. We're going to really uncover some of this stuff. But it implies a battle. It implies a battle. Overcoming implies you had something you had to overcome. Something was coming at you and you had to overcome it. And so we got to understand at times anxiety and depression and fear, um, depending on who you are and your experience in life, uh, uh, I'm sure that there's people in here that it has been a battle at times. Can I get an amen? amen. Anybody there? Anxiety, depression, or fear ever been a battle for you? Amen. Yeah. And so, um, and so, but you have overcome them. Um, it, it, it really speaks of, the word overcome speaks of the result of a fight that yeah. you came out in victory. Amen. Okay? And so uh, look at the person next to you and say, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Find somebody else. Tell them the greater one is in me. The greater okay. one is in All me. All right. All right. The greater one is in me. In All right. Me. So here we go. So I just want us to lay that down there. We're going to unpack depression. What is it? Kind of look at this. Look at the Word of God and how people have dealt with that in the Word of God. And then give you some tools and some weapons to fight through this. And so... Um, so the first question here is, what is depression? What is it? So the dictionary definition of depression is a depressed or sunken place or part, an area lower than the surrounding surface. In psychiatry, it's um, a condition of general emotional dejection and withdrawal, sadness greater and more prolonged than that warranted by any objective reason. Yeah, and depress up there to make sad or gloomy, lower in spirits, deject this spirit, lower than. Um, once again, in, psych in psychiatry, a condition of general emotional detection withdrawal. I'm going to read it again just to emphasize the last point. Sadness greater and more prolonged than that warranted by an objective reason. There are times where depression can affect somebody and they're dealing with it and there really is no objective reason of why they're dealing with it. And, and that is a reality at times. And that's how psychology has defined it. Like there is no real reason for this. I don't know why. I don't know where it's coming from. I just feel like crawling into a ball and sitting in a room and sitting in the dark. Like it, it is something. And we're going to get into this. There are times in, in scripture, depression as defined. This is the only definition. But the, 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 the characteristics of this in scripture on the spiritual side, it is defined as a spirit. Mm -hmm. As a, I'm going to say this, as a demonic spirit. I'm not saying it always is. Yeah. I'm not saying people might not have some sort of chemical situation happening where it is biological and chemical per se. But in scripture, at times, it explicitly associates heaviness and depression. What is defined as depression in this is an actual spirit mm -hmm. and that we have victory over that. Amen. Okay. And so. Amen. No, I'm, yeah, we I'm, just got deep real quick. Did, Are you guys did. okay? Got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Um, Want to read the next scripture? Yeah, go ahead and read that. Okay, here we go. go so that. Psalm 69, verse 20. Here we go. Here it is. Um, this is this is this is it. Reproach has broken my heart. Anybody ever had a broken heart out there? Mm -hmm. And I am I am full of heaviness or depression. Heaviness. Okay. Wait. I, I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none and for comforters, but I found none. 
I'm sure there's times we've all been in situations where we feel like this. Um, something happened, our heart got broke, whatever that is. A situation, trauma, drama, whatever it is. Maybe it's a way you grew up. You grew up in this state. Some of us grew up in, a, in an environment of depression. We didn't know any different. Some of us grew up in an environment of fear. We don't know any different. Some of us grew up in an environment of drug addiction and all kinds of fighting and whatnot. And we're just like, that's how you're supposed to do life, right? Uh, it's an environment. And so uh, and I look for someone to take pity, but there was none. I believe we've all been in situations. We're just setting this up. We're going get to get somewhere. I'm going to let my wife jump in once I just break this down a little bit. In Psalm 69, verse 20, um, I look for someone to take pity, but there was none. It's amazing how sometimes depression will make you feel like there is nobody, and the, there really is. And depression will lie to you. Sure make will. you feel like make you go into some dark place for no good reason at times or for a reason and and you're like man i look for somebody to help me out but there was none and for comforters but i found none mm-hmm. and so heaviness that word heaviness in this hebrew it means sick okay emotionally sick okay and so i just wanted us to kind of jump in and just share some things about our own dealings with this at times and yeah, um, and some of you have heard me share this before. Some of you, um, you know, have shared it with some of the ladies in uh, my Connect group. But um, there was a time last year where um, I had never, in my life, I had never dealt with depression. I had never experienced it, didn't know what it was. Uh, I mean, in terms of from a personal perspective. And um, last week, we talked about triggers. We talked about things in your life, whether it's a traumatic experience or something that triggers an emotion in you and what comes out of those triggers how, and how you can prevent those triggers. But for me, there was a time last year, he had, he had just lost his dad. We had a, a lot going on um, in our year. And um, coming down to the end of the year, um, uh, I just felt a heaviness um, come over me. And... I couldn't explain it, couldn't define it, don't really know where it came from. Um, One day I was fine and it seemed like the next day um, I just wasn't. And um, for someone who's never dealt with depression, all you think is, okay, well, maybe I'm just sad. Because at that point I had family who was in town, they had left. And um, like I said, we had a lot going on and I just couldn't define it. I kept feeling this way and I was like, why do I feel this way? Because I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel like um, who I knew myself to be. I felt, um, it felt like something was just, like there was a cloud. Like you hear people talking about this dark cloud that, that just kind of follows you around. That's what it felt like. Every morning I would wake up and I couldn't find it within me to find joy or to find happiness or to, to just like, I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to. Whatever it was, I just didn't want to. And um, I remember going through this and the thing that really um, kept me, um, I, had to, I had to make myself get up every day. I have, I have children. I have a family. I was not, I could not allow myself to get into such a deep place where I just couldn't do anything for myself or for anyone else. I had people who were expecting things of me. Um, and I had to force myself to get up and go every day. I had a job. I had to get up and go every day. And there's nothing like that feeling of, am I going to get out of this? Am I ever going to feel normal? And 
Am I ever going to, is my mind ever going to be clear of whatever this fogginess is? Like it's, you're like locked in this place of, um, of no hope. And that's she had, what she did. hadn't spoken to me at all yeah. as she's going through. So I didn't He didn't know, know what was going on. Um, <laughs> he would but, ask me, he's so like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm okay. Because I didn't have the words. I didn't know how to describe it. I didn't know how to say what I was feeling because know, I didn't really know didn't what it was. Know, like, okay. And I just didn't know how to express the emotions I was feeling because I had never, these were foreign to me. I had never experienced anything like this before. So, and I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was um, an attack of the enemy because this was not my state of being. Yeah, it wasn't this a was default. Not, nothing necessarily happened. Like we said, no logical there reason. There was no like explanation right. for this. So I knew it was a spiritual attack. So I'm in this. I'm living in it. I know it's a spiritual attack and I'm trying to fight from that place of foggy like life Funk. where nothing was clear you just kind of just do everything becomes rote you just get up you don't have to do this I have to do this I have to do this and it was just this place of pulling myself up every day so when I talk to you about you better rise up spirit of God inside of you that is what came out of me that is what had to come out of me because I had no other choice. All I had was what I'd been taught, what word was in me. That's what I had to speak. Even when I didn't feel like it, that's what had to come out. What are some thoughts? You, I remember you saying how you were driving home from work one day and the thought, the actual thoughts you were thinking um, during that time where you didn't even feel like you were saved. Yeah. Like the devil will lie to you in your in your place of like depression. She's questioning. Like questioning, am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? Like I would sit there and have this dialogue in my head. Like, am I really saved? Like, did I accept Jesus in my heart? And if I die today, am I going to wake up in heaven? Like crazy thoughts that I'm like, I've been serving Jesus for like forever. And that's how I knew it was not me. That's how I was able to identify that this was an attack because this was not coming from somebody who was a spirit-filled believer who'd been serving the Lord and knew without a shadow of any doubt where I was going to end up after dying. So I knew it was an attack, but th this is where these thoughts come in. Like, do I need to be here? Like, do they really need me here? Like, maybe I can just go to heaven and everything will be all right. Like, it's just crazy thoughts that come into your mind that just don't make any sense. And you're battling these thoughts because they're coming at you and you're like, no, that's not true. That's not true. Depression will lie to you every single time. It is not the truth. And when it feels like it's not you, it's not you. When you know that this is not how I should be thinking, it's not you. It's a lie. So here's how you battle lies. You start speaking the truth. That's right. That's the only thing that will prevail against a lie. It's the truth. And that is why we're always pushing you to get the word of God inside of you. Because that is truth. This is truth. I had to literally sit there and fight that thought in my mind. Like, no, I've been saved by grace. I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to stand before the Lord and he's going to say, my good and faithful servant, enter in. I had to tell myself that. And this is, I've been serving that. And this is while we were preaching up here. This is while we're serving up here. I had to fight that battle in my mind every single day. And it lasted for months. This was months. And he yeah. would ask me, he's like, are you okay? And then and not like, until yeah, like okay. January, we really talked about it. And I was like, you know what? I was feeling a little crazy around that time. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, and I remember moments. I don't think it was as long as her, but I remember moments. I don't know where this came from. We're just trying to really just share with you a reality of this and our own experience. And I was thinking in my mind, I, I'm not doing so good. And, and that's, a, that's a, for me, that was a strong thought. Like, do I need to tell her I'm not doing good upstairs? It's like, do we need to go yeah. to a therapist? You know like, it was, it like, was it serious. Was a, it was, you know, and so we're not saying this is all that what depression is, but this is our personal this was our experience. Ex- recent experience of having to walk this out. And so, um, so for me, and, and I, I grew up in an environment with depression around me, and I'll explain. My dad, when he was 12 years old, walked home from school, and the cops were at his house, wouldn't let him in because his dad committed suicide. So my dad is 12 years old, and so that's, that, that had a, an impression, that was a trauma in my dad's life. And my dad was a, I always talk great of, of my father, but he, de- as a result of that, and looking back, hindsight's 2020, my dad dealt with depression. He was a high-functioning, depressed person. He knew how to get up, get to work, do what he had to do, take care of his kids, but that was never really dealt with. Okay, so that's just something I watched happen. I, he would go through seasons where he was so quiet. Like, that's what everybody knew about my dad, man. He's quiet, he's quiet. But he just, you know, I'm not saying quiet is depressed, but it was just an unhealthy kind of to himself, inward, not engaging, just kind of, you know. And so that's, for me, that's an environment I grew up in that I would have moments as a kid where I, it would try to sink me down for no good reason, randomly. I would just think about all the negatives. And even as a young kid, just kind of, Uh, The only way I can think of it is depressed means one of the definitions in Hebrew means to bow down. I just would have moments as a kid just kind of going deep and had to kind of get myself out of that. And so my dad um, came up like that. So even I'll just, I don't mind sharing this, just even specifics. As a little kid growing up, my dad was amazing, such a faithful, hardworking man. But he he would deal with this and privately you know, he, I, I, I could, I mean, I would walk in on him, like, kind of drinking his coffee, smoking a cigarette or whatever, and um, he would be working his stuff out, like, I don't, he'd be talking to himself and moving his arms, and it's just, uh, it was kind of like a trip as a kid, like, whoa, what's he doing, you know, and so you would never see that outwardly, but this is something privately that this is only way he could deal with this thing of depression. So I said that to say that it's just an environment that I grew up in. Then my, my father married, remarried, and she was diagnosed as an alcoholic, uh, manic depressive. Uh, that was, she was, that was her state. And so that kind of environment was, was, a, was a place where when I came to the Lord, there was a lot of healing and deliverance that happened as a result. And that, there's other things I experienced as a kid that were dark and but even that, just that environment of depression and heaviness was part was a norm. And so here it is. Here's our second question: Is how do you navigate emotional lows? Okay, so this is just the reality. Like you know, how how do we navigate emotional lows? Proverbs 12 verse 25, and I'll read it here. And this is something we shared last week. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, and that word depression is the same word we use for worship. I said this last week, but depression is misdirected worship. We are worshiping the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So anxiety in the heart of men causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. I'm here to tell you, I cannot change my childhood. 
but I can change the environment that my kids grow up in. Yeah. Right? I can't change what I went through, but I can change my environment. Yeah. I'm here to tell you, if you're dealing with this as something you've dealt with or whatever, fill in the blank, whatever it is, that in Christ you have the authority to create the environment you come up in. Yeah. Whatever is coming at you does not have to define the environment you're in. Yeah. You can define that environment. This church right here, this is a place of worship. We define this environment. Yeah. Amen. When yeah. you uh, when you come into my house, we, we define that environment. You have the power to change your environment. And I'll tell you right now, depression thrives in an environment that is created or it just happens and we refuse to change it. Okay, so I'll give you an example of that. Like the spirit of God thrives in an environment that where there's hope and life and prayer and worship and the word, the spirit of God will thrive there. Amen. And so and so in the Bible, the madman of Gadara, he was the Bible says and it's, it's in Mark and Luke. It says that he did not live in a house. He lived in the tombs. Somebody say environment. environment. Bible says he would scream and cry and cut himself. Somebody say environment. environment. When Jesus rolled up on that place, this man ran out of the tombs at Jesus and started to worship him. He changed his environment. He ran out of that environment. You, some, when depression's on you, you're going to try. You're going to find sad music to listen to. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Stop playing those love songs. Yeah. What you know what I'm saying? Cut it you're, off. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pull the shades down and just stay at the house for three days. You know, Stop so watching sometimes you those. gotta get outside and just look at the trees and the butterflies. Stop there is watching life out those here. Somebody sad. say amen. You gotta change the environment. Sometimes you gotta go home and just chill. But if you've been at home for three days straight, for no good reason, you sitting there eating your favorite ice cream, watching them Hallmark Channel. Come on, somebody. Stop talking about Hallmark Channel. I'm preaching good now. Listen. I'm preaching good. Hallmark Channel has happy movies. They are happy. They are happy. They're all end happy. So you got to change your environment. You got to change your environment. There are certain songs. Come on now. When I wasn't saved serving Jesus, there are certain songs. I still know the names of them, and I can find them on YouTube quick. Don't laugh at me like I'm the only one. You know you got your little arsenal up in your head. (laughs) <laughs> Come on now. Somebody say environment. Environment. Environments are powerful. The Bible says this, that, that he inhabits the pra- environment, inhabits the praises of his people. Praise creates an environment. My, my daughter just turned how old? Six. Six. Thank you. Um, shows you how good of a father I am. I don't even know my baby girl's age. But uh, my wife got her an amazing gift. It's a box, an empty box, and it's called Gia's Box. And so what we do is we write her love notes. Somebody say environment. And the one, I I wrote her kind of a long one, and I read it to her, and I saw the look on her face, like shy, but like, wow, that's really about me? And I was like, environment. We want her to grow up in an environment where her parents are speaking healthy, life-giving words over her. That box just isn't a box. It just isn't a cute little note. That is an environment my baby girl is growing up in. She's going to have to make her choices when she gets older. But, but I'm in control of her environment and she's going she's gonna to know daddy loves her to the point of it annoying her, bothering her, all that. I am going to, I'm all over that girl and she, I'll be at school like, Sometimes I'll be driving down the road, I'll roll down the windows, and I'll say, Daddy loves Gia! 
so She's rude. like, Dada, it's too loud. Dada loves Gia. <laughs> and the people looking at the cars next to me, I don't care. Environment. Environments are powerful. You can change your environment. You can't always control how you feel from the onset, but you can change how you feel based on the environment you create. Okay? And so depression and hope thrive in a certain type of environment. Depression thrives in an environment. You know what I'm saying? I like to look at, you know, you can look at the demonic like bugs, right? They thrive in an environment. You clean that thing, they're going to go running. Somebody say amen. I'm a, this is a demon-free zone. Somebody Please. say environment. Environment. My home, my house, my car, my shower, my mind, my, my, my relationships. It's, they're all, life is made up of a series of environments. And what environment are you creating that is conducive to the demonic or to the angelic? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody say amen. Spirit, I'm going to say this and I'll let my wife talk here. But <laughs> spiritual beings, spirits, Holy Spirit, demonic spirits, they are attracted to certain types of environments. And, and I'm not saying this is all, we're not trying to define depression as this. I'm giving you a tool to apply to any area of your life that is the environment you create. You have control over your environment. Is that right? Yeah, and depression would want you to isolate. Yeah. It wants you to be alone so you can be in your thoughts, so you can overthink things, so you can think, oh, I should have done that, I could have done that. What if I did this? Or it causes you to question everything. It causes you to um, not see light. And that's why it's so important. Environment is so important because it takes you out of yourself. Like you're putting yourself in a place that is contrary to how you feel. And a lot of times um, we, we don't want to do that. That's why we talk about your feelings and how your feelings will lie to you because your feelings will tell you one thing, but we know that the truth says something else. So in those moments where, where you feel like there's no hope, we know that there's hope. Like, how do you decipher the voices in your... How do you tell which one's God, which one's the devil? The devil will always lie, always. So if there's an untruth in your mind that's telling you you're not worth living or you don't need to be here, there's no purpose for you. That's a lie. That's the devil. That is not truth. You do know how to decipher the lies from truth. And I think a lot of times the enemy wants us to believe that we can't tell the difference, that the thoughts in our minds, it's just thoughts and and whatever you're thinking is going to define you. But that's a lie. That is a lie. What you're thinking needs to be thoughts on the truth of the word of God. And when you start to be able to decipher truth from lies, you start to find yourself again. When you can't find yourself, when you're in that foggy place and you, you lose a sense of self, when you start to decipher what is true, truth and what is lies, then you start to realign yourself with truth. And that then allows you to, to get your roots in the ground again. And identity begins to build again because you're identifying with truth and not with lies and that's where your identity is built so it's so important to be able to decipher in your mind not every thought is yours you're not generating every thought in your mind there are thoughts that can be dropped into your mind you just have the choice whether you're going to believe it or you're not or whether you're going to dwell on it or you're not you have to dwell on the things that are the truth of the word of god and it's so important in those moments it's a fight It is literally a fight in your mind to get your mind to think on what you want it to think on. And that's why I say you got to start speaking. Open your mouth. 
open your mouth because you can't think something differently than what you're speaking. So if you're speaking the word of God, that's what you're going to start thinking on. But if you're just trying to battle this silently and quietly, no, the devil spoke to the, Jesus spoke to the devil. There was nothing quiet in Jesus defeating the devil. He was, there is nowhere in this Bible where it says that Jesus silently cast out a devil. Nowhere. There's nowhere in here where it says that Jesus quietly said this. Every time he was talking to the enemy, he spoke loudly and cast that thing out. You have to open your mouth and declare the word of God. You have to open your mouth so then your thoughts start to line up with what you're speaking and you start to live out what you're actually speaking. Follow what Jesus did. Jesus spoke, always spoke. He spoke, so you got to open your mouth and start speaking. It's good. So this is the main point. That's beautiful, babe. Uh, create, this is the main point for today, guys, in a combat this. Create life-giving environments. You have the authority to create that kind of environment. Um, and I, we want to give you some tools on uh, things that can create environments. This is real practical, but this is uh, just like our daughter, that box. She's growing up in an environment. Um, there are certain words we do not use in our house because it's an environment. And this might not see, it's not like, yeah, yeah, no, like no cussing, right? Of course, um, hopefully, you know, and that's a good place to start. But I just mean even certain responses. And this, this, is, this is all about creating an environment of honor in our home. So, so when somebody says something in our home, like if I go, babe, my wife doesn't go, what? <laughs> she doesn't respond with What? Um, and I do at times, just I'm working on it. I'll just okay. keep calling him until he addresses yeah, yeah, me yeah. properly. Yeah, we'll do that to Nico. Nico, what? Nico, what? No, Nico. He, he won't say what. Yeah, well, he'll what say he yeah. Yeah. He'll say yeah. yeah. And then you keep calling him yeah. and then finally he'll be, and finally he'll say yes, mama. Yes, I'm mama. like, there you go. Yeah. You'll just keep saying, you'll be yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, Nico, yeah. yeah. Nico, yeah. Nico, yeah. Nico. Yes, yes mama. Yeah. And... And even, uh, like, I want something to eat. That doesn't I'm like, work. like, who are you talking to? I've tried I, it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> Baby, could you, give me, could you give me a cup of tea, please? But even, I shared this with the team this morning. Even, words, like, the words. word shut up. Words. Like, we don't say that in our house. You don't get to speak to anybody like that in this house. Well, I do Only tell person, they can tell yeah, the devil to shut up. Because there's this song called, the, I don't know if you've heard of the Clark Sisters, but, oh, no, it's not the Clark Sisters. It's Cece Winans. And she has this song um, that says, um, shut up, devil, get behind me. And I was playing it one time. Out of the blue, Nico's like, shut up. Devil, get behind me. And I was like, <laughs> he started singing right. that song. That's and we were right. like, that is the only person yeah, you're allowed person. to tell to shut up. That's it's right. the devil. That's and the you can say it loudly and you can say it as much as you want. Devil, shut up, devil, get behind me. Because he is a liar. And we want to teach them those things. Yeah. And if we're teaching, and I told this to the team this morning, if we're teaching our kids, giving them these tools to learn to fight, a spiritual battle, how much more should we be examples of that to the next generation? Right. You have the tools. We're giving you tools here. Yeah. It's as simple as, yes, shut up, devil. You're lying to me. This is what the Word. Bible says. Yeah. Shut up. I don't have to listen to that. I don't have to take that in. I don't have to accept that as truth. That's a right. lot of words that will come at you, a lot of things that will come at you, you don't have to accept it. Just like if something's coming at, I'm trying to think of an example where um, something's coming at you and I'm like, no, I'm not going to take that. You know, if you go downtown to Hollywood 
we've been in Hollywood a lot this over this last couple of weeks. We had family come in town. You know, people come to LA and they want to go to Hollywood. I'm like, no, you don't. You think you want to go, the but stars, you really don't. I want don't. to see the stars. <laughs> I'm it's like, like, no, I'm you don't. Star enough, cousin. Go. <laughs> but you know, you walk down the street and everybody's trying to hand you something. You don't have to take yeah, it. You sure don't. You're like, no, thank you. So why do we sit here yeah. in life and take everything yeah. that the devil throws at us? Right, you don't that's have good, to babe. take it. Yeah. Don't put your hand out and say thank you. No. Yeah. Be like, I'm sorry. No. I don't want your stuff. Yep. Thank you. I hope you're successful in whatever it is you're trying to do. But, but not it's not going to be for me. You're not, not going to get that support from me. Shut it down. Yeah, shut don't it down. take it. Don't claim it. Don't own it. It's not yours. This is what is yours. Everything in this book is yours. That's right. That is what you lay claim claim to. That's what you hold on to. When the devil tries to tell you something, he's like, here, take these lies. No. Here, accept this thought. Say, no, I know who I am. I don't have to take that. I don't have to receive that. Thank you. Create life-giving environments. Words. Somebody say words. Words. Um, Look at the person next to you. Say words. Words. Look at somebody else. Say words. Okay, words, the language you allow, the language you allow, that will create an environment. Here's another one. Music or worship creates an atmosphere. What, what music? What are you listening to? You know what I'm saying? Music is atmospheric. It music changes trigger. an environment. I love to wake up in the morning with worship. Please, I need worship on. This life is no joke. I want to go into this thing with worship, the presence of God. Music is powerful. It creates an environment that God is attracted to. All right? So so music is powerful. Here's another one. People. People make up, contribute to environments. Who are your people? Yeah. The community you are with the most determine the type of environment you live in. Hmm. So if you want to know the environment you live in, look at the people around you the condition of their spirit and life. Now, I'm not saying we don't go into environments to reach people and love people. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying your inner circle, your home, those people around you, that, is, that truly is the environment you're coming up in. Mm-hmm. The church you're a part of determines the kind of environment and where you're headed as well. So people, words, music, people. Here's another one. Entertainment. Entertainment. What you are consistently entertained by speaks of what is influencing you. Nothing wrong with entertainment. But what kind of entertainment? There's certain, there's certain movies I just don't watch. I don't want them kind of things up in my head when I go to bed at night. I don't want my kids, you know what I mean? There are times if my kids see an image, they're, they're sensitive to it. Yeah. They see some horror kind of image. Especially don't during tell this me. month. Like They'll during be like, Halloween hey, month. Thing. And I'm like, lay hands on their head. That's like that Gia. Off. She's really sensitive to things like that. So as parents, we're really... Um, specific about what they're allowed to watch and what they're not allowed to watch. And Gia, she saw a commercial for something, because it's Halloween, so you see all kind of craziness on TV. (laughs) And she saw a commercial in between one of her shows or whatever, and she's been talking about it for weeks. She's like, I had a dream, and it was this. And I was like, the devil is a liar. And I had to lay hands on her head and just be like, you're going to dream and dream good dreams. When you sleep, your sleep will be sweet. You will not be afraid when you sleep. Like, it's little things like that where... um, Some people might say we're strict about some of the things they watch, but listen, 
I'm not trying to cultivate a spirit of fear in my child. I'm not saying that she doesn't need to know how to be able to overcome that, but she's six years old. And right now I am her covering. I am the one who's going to determine what's going to feed her spirit. And you, just as much as I have authority over that over my children, you have authority over that in your own lives. Those things, if there are things that are triggers for you, there are things that you're watching or taking in that's not healthy. It doesn't even have to be anything big. What is in our journey with the Lord, we're constantly moving toward holiness and um, wholeness and things that will cause us to be separated as unto him. And what is holy and what is defined as that, my journey is different from yours. In our house, there are things we just don't watch. There are things we just don't listen to. That is just not going to happen in our house because that is what we're cultivating in our house. It might be different for you in your house and that's okay. But for us, I'm okay with saying, no, we don't watch movies like that. I'm okay with telling my kids, it's okay that, that you don't celebrate this, you don't do this, or we don't watch this. That is okay. Because I'm not gonna, I don't wanna be the parent that's up in the middle of the night wondering why my children are having nightmares. Like, I just don't want that for them. When they're able to make those choices, then they can make those choices. But I'm gonna teach them that you have a choice in terms of what you invite in and what you don't. You have a choice in terms of what you invite in and what you don't. So watch Watch what you're watching. Watch what you're taking in. I know it seems like it's really simple, but we're not going to tell you what to watch and what not to watch. You know what your, what your limits are. You know what, what, what you're able to do. You have friends going to something, you're like, hmm, that music triggers something unhealthy in me. I can't go to that concert anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? There are things that I want to do. I enjoy certain kinds of music, but I'm not going to go to a concert. Like, it's just... It's just not going to, that's not it for me. But it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy and appreciate certain things. It's just, you have to know your limits and you have to know your triggers. And we talked about triggers. If it's going to take you down this road, don't do it. Just don't do it. Like set yourself up for success, not failure. That's good. You have the choice. So make the choice every day. Choose life, not death. That's right. And so... Create the, the main thought here is, and you know this, I believe you, this is your takeaway. What can I do to create a life-giving environment for my life and my family and my personal life? Here it is. This is our last scripture. Isaiah 61 verse 3 it says this. This is talking about Jesus to console those who mourn in Zion. That's why Jesus came to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit, spirit of, of heaviness. heaviness that environment environment once again the garment of praise for the spirit Spirit of heaviness heaviness. that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the lord that he may be glorified Mm -hmm. and so this is god came to exchange depression for praise to exchange mourning for joy you know and so so that this is the gospel here and so in your walk with god you you know you got to know what that thing is how do I navigate it? Create life-giving environments. And this is our last point, is you got to allow God to plant you because it says that they would be called the planting of the Lord. Allow God to plant you in community. That's where accountability is. That's where relationship is. Um, you'd be surprised how just getting around the right people can bring you into a good environment. 
if, if, you, if you struggle with depression, you got to get around some people that have some victory in that area. That, that you know, it's, there's, there, you can, don't underestimate the power of relationship. Yeah. Relationship yeah. is powerful. Yeah. The people you are closest to are telling you where you're going. Yeah. Okay. And so there is, there you can, in the kingdom of God, Jesus rolled up on 12 guys that were just doing their thing and their connection to him and his earthly ministry changed the trajectory of their life. And they were nothing special per se. Some of them were some serious knuckleheads and Jesus like, follow me. There's the power of relationship. And so, and so it says all this, that God's done all this and he did all this to make this exchange for your, your, your heaviness for praise and your mourning for joy. And he says, so the reason is so you could be called the planting of the Lord. So you can get planted, get rooted. And, uh, and, uh, and then as a result that God would be glorified through your life. And so allow God to plant you in community. Yeah. And, and also to close with this, one of the things that really um, helped me and really um, allowed me to continue and to, to fight and to get up and to go is um, serving. I, there were Sundays, I was like, I don't wanna go to church. I don't wanna pray for anybody. I don't wanna be there. I just wanna sit down in the back corner of the church. <laughs> so nobody sees me, let me slip in late, slip out early. Um, but serving, it required me to think of others That's outside good. of myself. That's good. It really forced me, it put me in this place of, of looking into others, people's, other people's needs and not my own. Because depression is very inward. Serving is all outward. And Jesus came. Hallelujah. Um, what's the verse, hun? He did not come to be served, served but, but to, to serve. serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He came and served. He, he could have easily, yeah. like, good. think about the, the prayer he prayed. Gethsemane, he's like, Lord, it's not my will, but your will be done. I Take this cup from me, but I will do this because this is your will. This is what is going to happen. He made a choice. He could have easily in that moment retreated and said, no, I'm not going to do this. My purpose is, is here. It's to serve. It's to love that's what serving does. It's more than just us trying to get you on the team. This is about freedom. This is about coming into a place of, of identity and discovery and realizing that life isn't just about me and all my issues. Life is about seeing other people That's set good. free as well. So and it good. took me out of myself. Yeah. The responsibility of having to be here and having to minister, it made me think about other people. It's good. And that is why we're here. We're not here just to discover who we are in Jesus. We're here to serve. We're here to love. We're here to pour into others because that's what Jesus did. He's our ultimate example and that is who we are. We're Christ followers. So we follow his example. And that is one of the things that kept me sane. It literally kept me um, the responsibility of having to be here and that people needed me. I said, I'm gonna keep coming. I'm gonna keep coming. And you know what? Eventually, um, I felt the joy again. I felt that cloud lift again. Can I tell you the definitive moment that happened? No, it was just a series of things that suddenly brought me to this place where it's like, I don't feel like that anymore. But it was consistency. 
I had to stay in the word. I had to continue to speak the word. I had to continue to serve. I had to continue to fight every day. I had to fight. I don't know if everyone knows that reference. It's from a movie, but... Um, <laughs> Um, what every movie, day. What, what you being no, no, no. by, girl? No, 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 we're not going to go there. <laughs> we won't go there. Um, but anyone of you who have seen the movie know exactly what movie I'm talking about. But um, I did. I had to fight. I had to fight right. every preach, single girl, day. Preach. preach the word. Every day I got up. Every day you get up. Every day you put on your big girl and big boy pants and you say okay I'm gonna do this today I've got Jesus inside of me I can do this I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me even if you don't feel it get up get up put your clothes on go outside even if you just take a walk around the, the block get up and get outside if that's all you do today that's fine tomorrow's a new day get up get up it's good come on get up and fight Pick up your mat and walk. Jesus said, pick up your mat and go. Pick it up. Get up. You don't have to stay there. There's hope. There is hope on the other side of that. Jesus has overcome the world. You can do this. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.